I'm Miriam. And I'm Elise. Two friends bound by the love of books. Taking on the world one chapter at a time. This is the Bookbound Besties Podcast. Hey, Bookbound Besties! Welcome to another bonus episode. This time it's really different. Mm-hmm. We're so excited. We have our first guest. We will be joined by author Aurora Asher. Her newly published Sanctuary of the Shadow with Red Tower Books. We will be diving into uh, her writing process, her new book, uh, and living in Montreal. Live- yes, we. She lives to here be in the same town. So. Yeah, that was really cool. That's kind of what got us to interact with her in the first place. We mm-hmm. saw that she had posted a reel that she was going around the city to different bookstores, signing copies, and I thought that she was just on a book tour, but. Turns out yeah. she just lives here and she visited the different bookstores that I guess she visits kind of in her everyday life. And yeah. we shot our shot and we are so grateful that she came to talk to us. She yeah. came to my my place here in the city and it was a great conversation. She was so generous with her time. She actually stayed and chatted for a couple hours after. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't want the conversation to end. We should have just kept recording because it was so much fun. <laughs> but Yeah, it was a great, great interview. We really hope you enjoy it. And here is a sneak peek to her New York Times bestselling book, Sanctuary of the Shadow. For humans, the circus is a place filled with wonder and amazement. For Harrow, though, it's a place to hide from those who slaughtered her entire clan. Disguising her abilities as part of her act has kept her true identity safe for years. Until he arrives. A strange new attraction with no name, no memory of who or even what he is, let alone an explanation for his odd yet deadly powers. But beneath the layers of anger and isolation, one glimpse into his inky eyes reveals a soul that calls out to the loneliness in her own. And so she chooses him. Harrow is drawn to the darkness, to her insatiable need to soothe the beast who threatens their very existence. But with every secret she unlocks from his past, another from hers whispers free as well, luring enemies who will stop at nothing to get their final revenge on Harrow. And she's afraid she's given them the perfect weapon against her because he's not what he seems. But maybe it's time they finally learn neither is she. So this book is a romance novel with fantasy elements Mm -hmm. and it's pretty much unlike anything I've read before. Yeah. Same. I've read a lot of fantasy. I've read a lot of romance. Yeah. I've read a lot of romanticy, but this is not romanticy. No, it's definitely more, more of a romance or it's, it's a romance first. It is a romance first with the fantasy elements. Mm -hmm. With lots of spice. Lots of spice. spice. Great spice. Yeah. If you're into the spice, this one is for you. Exactly. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Aurora Asher. Let's get into it. Let's get to reading. Welcome, Aurora. Thank you so much for being here in person. This is super exciting. Mm -hmm. Elise and I have never had a guest and we've never had a guest in person either. I mean, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really cool because... We came across you on social media. We kind of shot our shot, and you happened to live in Montreal. Yeah. I thought you were actually just visiting here on a press tour or something. And so I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Maybe we can somehow meet you and because you're here on a stop. But this worked out super yeah. well. I know. Here yeah. I am. Yeah. I was thrilled. That's I was awesome. surprised that you guys were in Montreal. I literally thought that I was the only person in the whole city that like reads, reads books. Spicy books. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just me. Let me tell you, I have started... 
a tidal yeah. wave. Yeah, she has been like the seed in our friend group, and she just started oh, passing out books, and now it's just spreading. Everyone's obsessed. Everyone's I obsessed. Love that. Yeah, yeah, it gives me. That gives me hope. I, I went to a couple book groups once upon a time years ago, and I was like, "Here's what I read," and everyone's like, "And I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe not this not this space for me, but good luck." Yeah, I mean, I stumbled into spicy books totally. I mean, everyone read like Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever, so like, I'm not even going to count that. I'm going to talk about like this era yep. of mm-hmm. spicy books, mm-hmm. and I just stumbled upon Sarah J. Mass before my wedding. And then I was just like, I'm obsessed with romanticy. I need to read every book out there. And then kind of tidal wave. Yeah. yeah. Got all my friends in on it and Yeah. And then we we decided to start talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elisa's like, you talk about these books all the time. Like you should do something productive with it. It started as a joke. I was like, oh, you should make a book talk account, like something like that. And she was like, do you want to do it with me? I was like, okay. And here we are. Yeah, there's no way I could do this on my own. It literally sounds like the same story for me, but like why I started writing. Oh, really? I I was like, my husband was like, you talk about these books all the time. Why don't you just write one? And I was like, okay. <laughs> had you always written in high school? No, or? yeah, not at all. Like, I remember I had this teacher in high school that was like, you should become a writer. Like, I wrote some, like, dumb short story that I was like, I hate this, you know? And then I handed it in. They are like, you've, like, you've really, like, got the knack for this. And I was like, whatever. Like, I always wanted to be a musician, so I was kind of like, meh. And then, I don't know, I just was like, it felt kind of like a natural progression. But it was totally, like, following like a crazy obsession with reading mm-hmm. spicy books. It was paranormal for me, but same, oh, really? same kind yeah. of story. Yeah. 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 We read your article about how like romance novels solidified your feminism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just found that so interesting because I know exactly what you're talking about. Elise is a little bit newer to the romance. Yeah. I did mm-hmm. this started this fall. Like, so I've been trying to read oh. and consume as many books as possible, but it's just like, it's been a few months, but I'm like, I'm deep in. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. But I've been reading them for a little bit longer because I love to know that no matter what happens in the book, we're going to have a happily ever after. So yeah. I could be as anxious, yeah. you know, through the whole story, I can get lost and swept away without feeling that like, really crippling anxiety like you just you feel the anxiety of like the stress of the story or whatever but not the oh my gosh like is one of these characters gonna die and I'm gonna wind up bawling my eyes out because the story is horrible for like a week yeah Yeah. like yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. that's exactly it like I finished Iron Flame in November and my husband couldn't talk to me for like two days I was just (laughs) like you need to leave me alone because I am not okay (laughs) oh yeah he, ha- he prefers the romance novels because then at least, like, my whole character doesn't, like, yeah. become the novel or become, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I've gotten to the point where I won't even, like, watch TV shows or movies unless, like, I literally go online and I'm like, how does this show Stop. end? I'm like, is it happy? Like, oh, it's, oh, it's happy? Or, like, if I have a friend that watches it, I'm like, how does it end? Like, are they happy at the end? Like, who dies? Like, I need to know the facts because, like... It's, like, just such a safe space. Like, you're, like, I, like no matter what crazy thing that seems so impossible, the worst thing ever, you know that you have that happy ending that'll just, like, mm-hmm. tie yeah. everything. And you're, like, okay, I'm, like, I can get through this, you know? I know yeah, it's going to work out. Sure. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the escapism. Like, we want our escapism to be 
a nice escape from the world. Not yeah, a, yeah, not a totally sad one. Yeah. Some people love. They're like, oh, I just want to read a book that's gonna make me cry for a week. And I'm like, you know, if that's your thing, great. You but for me, like, I just can't. Like, enough stuff happens in the world that makes me want to cry for a week. That for I'm sure. like, let's like let my reading be like the happy thing. You know. Yeah, totally. Do you remember the book that you started when you were working at that juice bar? Yeah, totally. It was uh, the J.R. Ward's Black Dagger Brotherhood series is like a vampire. There's like 15 books in oh this series. Like each Whoa. one is like like a new couple, like they're standalones. Okay. So it was the first book. I think it's called like Dark Lover. And I was just like, I had never, besides Twilight, mm-hmm. obviously, I had never We've really. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Like there's sex in a book. Yeah. Like you can do that. <laughs> like, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty epic. So you're Canadian Mm -hmm. from the West Coast. Yeah. Why are you here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what everyone, like when I left BC, I got so many people in Montreal. When when I was in BC, everyone was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, go for it. And when I got to Montreal, everyone's like, why did you leave BC? (laughs) But basically it's because I always, like I said, I always wanted to be a musician. That was always Mm -hmm. my like first love and just um if anyone knows bc and vancouver they just know that it's not like vancouver has good music but it's just like not like when you play a certain style of music maybe you'll be okay there forever but like um i just was looking for something more and montreal's really got like the most diverse like different cultures different languages different styles of music there's like McGill's music school here Mm -hmm. like there's just so much more happening here in the city so that was like originally why we moved out here and then like another thing that was really cool is it's so much more affordable here than Vancouver Mm -hmm. so right away we were able to like start getting like income from like weird little things that we did and um you know support ourselves and I have so many friends like I have friends that like work at like a circus and that's their job and then I have friends that like just play gigs for any people and that's their job and then like meanwhile our our friends in Vancouver are like they have like three full-time jobs and they're like just to pay the rent and it's like they're like I had to quit you know music or whatever so it was coming here was totally a way to like dive more into my like creative side and just be more I don't know exploratory and like Mm -hmm. and like live a little more free which was awesome so I love it here for that (laughs) how long have you been here Almost, it's like nine years, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Um, We still go back to BC at least once a year. Like I'm still very much like tied to the, like I love nature, the nature and the mountains and the ocean and everything out West and like our family's all there and like, it's really important to me, but yeah, I'm definitely like grounded here too. Yeah. So you were a musician, are you still playing stuff or have you kind of shifted completely to writing? Yeah, I still, I still play. Um, and it's like, it was, it's really weird. Like I grew up, I was like really into classical music when I was a kid. And it was like, when I was like a little kid, people would be like, what do you want to be? And I'd be like a concert pianist. Like it was <laughs> like my dream. And then I kind of pivoted to like, you know, writing music and stuff when I got older and I was just always really serious about it. And I think looking back like too serious And so like when the pandemic started and like everyone, like before I had started writing before the pandemic, but it was always just like a, you know, like my side hobby. Like I barely even told anyone that Mm -hmm. I was doing, I was like my little secret like (laughs) thing. And when the pandemic started and like everyone who was a musician was like, out of work, you're done. It was kind of like, well, now I have all this time. 
what am I going to do? So I just was like, well, maybe I'll publish some of these books that I've written. <laughs> and like, that was kind of when I started more like seriously as an author, but like, I think it really like worked for me because it was always about like my love of it and my fun and it was my special thing. And like, it didn't have any ties to like, you know, years of like angsty, like practicing and like mm -hmm. all these things that maybe had like built up with music that kind of made it into like work in a way. Whereas like writing was just my like pure, like fun escape. So now I feel like it's kind of taken over just because like, you know, everything that's happened I was like oh okay this is this is a thing now like For let's sure. go here and do this <laughs> but like but I actually I feel like a lot more like happy with like myself and my creativity doing this because I feel like I just put a lot less pressure on it that's from amazing. the beginning if that makes sense that's yeah. so awesome yeah. how do you how do you go with like it being your precious little thing to being comfortable showing other people like yeah. that's such a big that switch. is <laughs> such a good question and I feel like I'm still try like like come back to me in like 10 years and maybe okay. I'll have like a deep like because I'm totally like going through that like my first books that I published were indie mm -hmm. and that was a whole thing for me getting like going from nobody's ever read my book to suddenly like now it's for sale and you can just go buy it and then with my book that just came out Sanctuary of the Shadow it was like way bigger audience than my mm -hmm. indie and that was a whole thing even more so it's like at least I've gotten to like go in like stages like mm -hmm. you know my like smaller indie audience that kind of grew and then like because I think if I jumped right to the, like I don't know my, maybe my like head would have exploded or something because yeah. it's definitely yeah. a trip like it's it's and it totally comes into your writing like when I sit down to write I have to like deliberately be like like trick my mind like no one's here like it's like no I can one's just gonna write. read this yeah. <laughs> unless I choose you know somewhere down the line one day maybe they'll read this but for now it's like it's just my just my drafts like it's not yeah so it is a mind game for sure that's a great way to look at it though like it's it's still your protective little thing at first and then when mm -hmm. you're ready you know yeah yeah, yeah. So what was the journey that you took from being an indie author to now being a published author with a really powerful in the culture yeah. publisher <laughs> yeah. that is Rent Tower Books? That I have kind of like a weird story with that because I think everything happened in reverse okay. with that. So when I first decided to publish in 2020... Um, I started researching, like, how do you publish? What, you know, what even is this? And I learned all about, like, indie versus traditional publishing. And I was kind of like, well, what do I want? And, like, at first I liked the idea of Trad Pub because I was like, well, you have, like, a team and you have an editor and they do all the stuff and they do the promotion and you're just the writer. And I was like, I love the sound of that. So I, I like, went that route and, like, sent out query letters and did all the stuff that you're supposed to do, like, cold calling. You have to write, like, an elevator pitch for your... And you're like, I wrote a book about this and I have in two sentences. And then you just, like, email it to, like, a million people. Oh, wow. And, like, some of them won't even read your email for, like, three months. Some of them won't ever answer. Like, you get a lot of rejection letters. And, like, it, it wasn't so much that I was, like, sad or, or, like, doubted myself when I got a rejection letter. Because I get it. It's just, like, how many emails do they have? Like, why would mine jump out as something but after a while I was like this is going to take so long like you know so, some of them are like in if we don't answer in three months consider that a rejection and you're like I don't have I don't want to wait three months like you so know, heartbreaking like, yeah I have yeah. stuff to do like I, I can't just like sit around waiting for that so 
I kind of pivoted and was like, okay, I'm going to go with indie. I sent one last queer letter to Entangled Publishing because I had read a bunch of their authors and I just really liked that they were like women owned publisher and they were like at the time they were smaller. Um, So I just sent one last query to them and then like forgot about it. And then I was like forged ahead with publishing my indie series. And then randomly, I think right before or after maybe I'd published my first indie book, Molly Magimder, who's my editor, got got back to me and was like, oh, I actually want to like publish your book. And that was, that was Sanctuary. And I was like, oh, my, oh, okay. Like I was like not expecting that it was literally the last email I ever sent. And I was like, this is the end. Like I'm over, I'm closing, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm done with this. So I was like, that's so cool. And at the time Red Tower didn't exist. It was just entangled and like fantasy romance wasn't really like a thing. So, and Molly had just moved over from tour, I think it was. So it was like, I was like the first author that she like signed when she started at Entangled and um, I think that like it like wasn't there weren't a lot of fantasy romance books like besides like Sarah J Moss and like you know people weren't really writing I mean they were probably but like mainstream they weren't really like it wasn't like people weren't talking about it yet Mm -hmm. so I was kind of like oh this is just like a small publishing deal whatever it's nothing crazy and then you know fast forward like a year and they and like they give me like a couple like tentative like publishing dates and then they would just be like never mind we're and I was like what is going on like why do we keep pushing this book back and then finally they were like they had this like meeting with me online and they were like here's what we're doing we're gonna do like this new imprint and we're gonna do hardcovers and sprayed edges and like mm-hmm. and I was just like what like I yeah and so they had just pushed me back because they wanted to put my book on that new imprint but they weren't gonna like tell me until everything was like really like sorted so it was this weird time of like a whole it was almost like a year of just like not knowing what's going on and then at the end they were like sorry but like and I was like well that was worth the wait yeah for yeah, sure yeah <laughs> but it was totally like people were like how did you get signed with Red Tower and I was like well Red Tower didn't even exist <laughs> so when you were signed you started, really yeah. weird backwards way of doing it but it totally worked out so, yeah that's so cool yeah. and I'm I'm sure that whole year you were probably like freaking out because you're like is this even gonna happen <laughs> like yeah it was a bit of like I, I was like, I had my other indie series to focus on, so it was a good way to, like, keep busy, but okay. it was, there was a lot of, like, what is going on, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and then I know Molly, like, wanted to tell me, but she also, like, couldn't, so she was like, just, like, hold on, like, you know, like, <laughs> and I was like, I feel bad for her looking back, because she was probably, like, trying her best to, like, yeah, communicate, but it worked out, we were all fine, it was, like, it was just, like, an interesting time. <laughs> Had you originally queried with your indie series as well, or you were just uh, pushing Sanctuary? Actually, that's a good question. I may have sent out a couple query letters for that book, but not that many, I don't think. I think, yeah, maybe a few. I can't even really remember now. (laughs) I don't really remember what made me decide to, like, I think the reason I decided to indie publish that, my paranormal series, was because the last query I sent out was for the fantasy series, and I was like, well, I might as well give, like, a few like months for that you know before I go and like straight up publish it that was really the only reason it was was totally (laughs) random well the timing ended up being perfect because this is like peak fantasy romance yeah Yeah, exactly so it was it's it's definitely been interesting because I wrote this like as totally like I'm not saying that I invented anything because I did not but I also was like I just loved writing this certain type of book but I also was like what would that be like if it was in a world that I, you know, made up. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, 
I'm going to go with that. And I hadn't, I wasn't really like a huge fantasy romance reader. And I wasn't like, I haven't even really read like Sarah J Moss or anything like that. Like it was totally, yeah, it was totally just like my own thing. Yeah. 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 Actually at the side note, I read Akutar like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, it's a love triangle. Not interesting. It's, it's not. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> yeah, because then and now I hear like everyone's like tampon or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, oh, I don't think it's a little. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's so funny because you read Akatar and you're like, oh, this book is actually like so. I remember I read it and I was at my rehearsal dinner and I'm, my I read it because my cousin has a bookstagram and I had seen Akatar everywhere and so anyway, whatever. I picked it up not knowing what it was and I was like oh my gosh it was so good like I loved Hamlin so much and then she's just like read the next one yeah I'm like no <laughs> just keep like, going and it's like, like <laughs> now I'm like ugh I have to reread Akatar like the rest of the series is so much better yeah. that's your mo though like you always fall for the wrong person at the beginning Me? yeah and then, then the I fall for continue. like author's manipulation constantly like if you want me to hate someone I will hate that person <laughs> I don't think too much into yeah. it yeah, it's, it's good. That's what's so interesting, like, about the difference between, like, the ongoing series and, like, standalones. Like, mm-hmm. I primarily read standalones and okay. I write standalones. So, like, that was why I was so confused when I read it because I had, like, literally never read, like, like a... I don't even know if you would call that a happy for now. Like, it's kind of like an ongoing, okay, unfinished... Right. Yeah, I was happy for Happy now. for now-ish, yeah. yeah. But, like, the fact of her being with someone that wasn't, like, the, like, endgame hero, I was, like... I was just like, what is this? And like, and now it's so funny because people about my book are like, oh my God, it's a standalone. Wow. And I'm like, it's just so weird because when I started reading and writing, it was like the to to not have a standalone was super weird. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's totally changed in the last Mm -hmm. few years. Yeah. Cause your series is a series in the sense that it's going to cover the same world, Mm -hmm. but it's going to focus on a different couple each Yeah, exactly. So, like, the characters will still be there, Mm -hmm. and there's still stuff happening to those characters, but, like, they have, like, each character gets their, like, happy ending at the end of the book, and Mm -hmm. they're they're kind of just, like, a rock-solid couple, like, from that moment on, and then other people, you know, get their moment to shine or whatever. Which is... What we all love in a romance, in a romance novel, because we don't have to stress and worry about no their tears. happiness after everything that they go through mm-hmm. over the course of the book. I think I love to reading and writing later down in a series where you have like the couples from the other books that just get to be like strong couple because mm-hmm. like in their book they're like going through all their things and yeah. it's like you know there's like they haven't said this there's like un, you know angst and like will they won't they and then in the you know three books later they're just like together and they're just like a team and it's like I love writing that because it's I don't know it's just it's just like oh. yeah, yeah it's <laughs> nice to see them again yeah. like you're like oh they're still doing they're well yeah. <laughs> they're going strong yeah yeah, yeah. it's reassuring yeah. Sure. yeah they could be like the voice of wisdom for like the next angst exactly. couple true oh, yeah exactly. so cute isn't that <laughs> I'm just thinking of like Bridgerton yeah you see in like, like season that. two mm-hmm. Elise but, hasn't read the Bridgerton books but she's watched the show. Yeah. I read the books. And so... Yeah. Well, and that's the, an example of the standalone. Exactly. Like, I was those just Those books say. are really old. Yeah. Like, so that's, like, back from the... Like, if you had a romance series, you wouldn't, like, not do that back, right. in, back in the day. Like, you know... Like, <laughs> do you know like, when they were published? I don't, but they're... No, I don't. But they're, they're like, old. Yeah, like, they're mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, like, some of the, like, OG historicals. Had you read them? I had read other historicals, but I've... Haven't really had my, like, historical 
phase yet. Okay. Like, I go through like genre phases. Right. For sure. So I feel like maybe that maybe that'll be my 2024 phase. I don't know <laughs> yet. But I've read a few historicals, but it's never been my like main thing. I like Julia Quinn. I'm yeah. historicals were not really my thing either. And again, I don't know why I picked it. I don't know why I picked it up. Before the show? Before oh, the show. That's cool. Or was it after the, I can't remember. See, that's the thing as I wish that I read it before the show because mm. it's not that I wouldn't read it now, but like now if I go to read it, I'm going to be thinking and comparing to the show. Yeah, you are. I find yeah. it harder to do it that way. If I read it first, I could watch the show, but if I've watched a show or movie first, it's hard to do the reverse. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it just messes with my, my Well, brain. in fairness, season two is extremely different than I know, I heard that. the book. Yeah. So if you read the book, you could be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. And season three is actually the fourth book. So you still have time if you ever want to (laughs) launch your historical era. era. (laughs) Maybe I will. Maybe I will. What era are you in right now? I just, I just finished because I'm kind of like, I'm just like the world's biggest mood reader, like TBR. I don't know what that is. Like I just, I just read things on a whim. Like I just, I don't know. Good for you. That must be so liberating. (laughs) (laughs) So I went through like kind of leading up to Sanctuary being published it was just like a stressful time in a lot of ways and I was like I just need like escapism like to the like nth degree so I went through like a rom-com phase love it and I was just reading like cartoon cover like yeah mm-hmm. cutesy mm-hmm. like just like everything's so cute and you're like the whole time you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah I just I think it was like six months of just rom-coms for me like love and it. now I'm kind of like okay I need to like pivot to something else now so I'm like waiting for the inspiration <laughs> to come. I thought for sure you were gonna say like hockey romances because everyone is into like the sports it's romances now, right now yeah, yeah. Ooh, I read I had never read as a Canadian I've always been like resistant to hockey <laughs> but then like I had never read a single sports romance but then I stumbled on this one author who wrote um who writes like rom-coms and stuff settled set in BC mm-hmm. and then she has a a hockey romance series set in Vancouver. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, like, I have to read this because of the representation. But then I actually was like, no, I love this. I wish, I can't remember her name right now. Stephanie, I wish I could remember so I could, you know. <laughs> can you Google it? Well, we'll look it, look it up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, if I had my phone, I would do it. Oh, no, but this is so nice. This is like yeah. the lovely thing of having you here. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, her first name's Stephanie. <laughs> What's the book called? I don't remember the book name either. Say Hockey Romance Vancouver. Was it Hockey hockey Romance? I see her face because I found her on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny. So we did like a video on TikTok to like get to know us or whatever. And we were saying how both of our husbands played hockey. A fake dating hockey romance, Vancouver Stormbook. Yeah, that is it. What's the author? Stephanie Archer. Archer. Oh, I have her books on my TBR. So close to your name, too. Yeah, I know. It's like, wow, never heard that name before. Maybe that's why I forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) So we had posted this video where, I don't know, I don't know how, do you remember how we like said something about how our husbands play hockey? And so many people are like, oh my gosh, we read so many hockey romances. We're so jealous. And we're like... Really? Like hockey? If you're a Canadian, you're like, hockey is not well, sexy. And also, like, dating a hockey player is, like, n- not a well, thing. But, like, also, like, they're not professional. No, they're not professional. They're not professionals. They just play together. Like, anyway. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, there, there's a, same with the surfer thing. It's like the, the realities of it. Like, surfing, like, they're, they're like, ooh, your husband's a surfer. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, my bathroom is always full of like wet wetsuits. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's like there's bo- surfboards. We used to have a room of our house full of surfboards until I made him like build like a shed. 
And like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, so, so romantic. Yeah, but your and husband smells like, like the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Ha- hockey like, doesn't smell video. like the ocean. No, yeah. hockey does not smell like <laughs> the ocean. Right. That is a win. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about your first traditionally published book, Sanctuary of the Shadow, and kind of how it came to be. How did the story come to you? I read something about how you, how you got the inspiration for your male main character's name, mm-hmm. but take it away. Yeah, so I just decided to write a fantasy because I had been writing paranormals, and I was like, what's it like when you make up the world? You know, that was kind of... Um, and there was just a bunch of weird, really random factors that inspired things, um, like Wraith's name was a random town that we passed somewhere in Northern Ontario. I actually Googled it like after the fact to see if I was like hallucinating. And, like, <laughs> it, it does exist. It's okay. like, it's like not even a town. It's like three houses in the middle. You're of kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, and then apparently it's actually like a last name from like Scotland or something like totally randomly. But anyway, I saw that and I was like, that's a cool name. And then now I remember this happening and I swear that it happened, but I couldn't in my Googles find any like record of it existing. But I swear that like half an hour or an hour later that I passed a street that was called like Harrow Street or like Harrow Lake or something. And so those two names like came from that. Like I didn't, I, it was like, I swear it was within like a few hours. I literally was on like Google maps, like looking and I couldn't find it. So who knows, but that's where the names came from. And the idea to write a circus was because of living in Montreal. Like, mm-hmm. I never knew this until I came here, but it's, it's like they consider Montreal like the circus capital like, of the world. And it's like really? really renowned for circus. And like I have friends that work in the circus as like make a living. My one friend teaches German wheel, mm-hmm. which is like a giant wheel that you like stand in. And, like, oh, roll. yeah. And um, she also does silks and stuff. And like it's like really amazing. So I got exposed to that and, like, went to see Cirque du Soleil a bunch of times. And it was just, like, mildly, like, obsessed with it. And I was like, I'm never going to learn this. So <laughs> maybe I'll just write about it. Sure. And, uh, yeah, and I, I don't really know. I think the idea for, like, the magic system and the world kind of came about after, like, I've done a lot of road trips across Canada. Um, and I just wanted to, like, since I was, like, since I'm going to invent a world, I was, like, it would be really cool to, like kind of highlight different places that I've traveled. So, like, we haven't been... In the first book, we don't go that so, many places, mm-hmm. but, like, a lot of the, like, like different landscapes that are in the world are kind of, like, inspired by places that I've traveled. So In, in Canada? Yeah, and abroad, but, okay. yeah, in Very Canada cool. mostly, like, the prairies and the mountains and the... Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I kind of just, like, I don't know, the rest is kind of birthed from that I think the names finding those two names we were driving and I was like and then it kind of just like something went off a light bulb yeah I hear a lot of authors will say that like they'll start writing and the characters will like tell them what's gonna happen and they let the character lead Mm -hmm. whatever is gonna come next Mm -hmm. can you tell us what that means yeah I was like yes that is the way (laughs) I don't know I mean like I don't this is a weird this is gonna sound really weird but I feel sometimes like as an author that I didn't write the story that the story actually was like somewhere else existing and I was just like telling and like telling a story that already happened or something in like an alternate reality or something because I feel like often if I get blocked like when I'm writing 
it literally feels like I told the wrong, like I got the facts wrong and I messed it up or something. Cause and then I'll like have to go back to the point and where like I got it wrong and then be like, Oh, that's not what happened. This happened, you know? Like, so it's like almost like it feels like the characters already exist and the story already exists. And I'm just trying to get like the right version of it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. That's yeah. Really cool. So I love that. Yeah, and I think some people say, like, I have some author friends that can, like, plot everything. That was going like, to be my next question. Yeah, and I'm, like, so bad. Like, I've tried, and I was literally, like, imagine how easy it would be if I could just plot out my novel chapter by chapter and then just write each chapter as I go. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And it totally, it was like, no, this does not work for me. I'm a totally, like, a chaos writer. <laughs> like, I just write stuff, and it just, if it works out, if it doesn't work out, I'm like, nope, and then I go back and, like, try something else. Are you constantly just making the story up in your head in life, or is your writing really, like, okay, in front of your computer and you're physically writing it out? I often come up with the ideas while I'm trying to sleep. It's a kind of a bad habit. I'm trying to not do that because I actually, like, suck at falling asleep. <laughs> and so I, like, I was, like, have it, I'll lay awake, and then I'll think about my book, and then it'll help me write. But then, mm-hmm. like, it's gotten to the point where I'm, like, not sleeping because I want to think about the book. So I'm, like, I need to separate. But that's, like, a, usually where I do a lot of my plotting because it's, like, your eyes are closed. It's quiet, mm-hmm. like, dark. Like, nothing, no, nothing's distracting me. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, a good time for me to, like, think right. and come up with ideas. But I'm trying to do a thing now where I, like, do that in my, like, writing time. So mm-hmm. I, like, I, like, literally... We have a small house, so my bed is, like, in the same room that I write in. And I'll literally, like, wheel my chair over and just, like, put my face down <laughs> on the bed and, like, sit there and be, like, and, like be try peaceful. to come up. Yeah, it does work, though, sometimes. Like, I've had success. It's oh, very cool. weird, but it does work. That's awesome. And I guess because your, like, home genre is romance, you know that at the end of the day things are going to work out. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that helps you at least with, like, the direction you're going in. Yeah. And usually I have an idea of what the like final like climax or plot twist or whatever is going to be like from the start. Like I usually, when I start a book, I'm like, it's these two characters. This is their like dynamic or their vibe, like, you know, in terms of their personalities and how that makes them relate to each other. And then I also have like an idea of like what the final kind of big moment is going to be. And then the rest of the book is just like, getting us there mm-hmm. you know? okay and then sometimes that changes by the time I get there I'm like that's not going to work anymore or whatever but most of the time it works out what are three non-negotiable elements that you wanted to include in this book well the happy ending mm-hmm. okay and then I guess I tend to you don't really realize like what themes or what like things that you love to write until you've written a few books and then it's like in all your books and you're like mm-hmm. oh so people have told me, and I didn't realize this, but I tend to write found family trope. Like, oh, I love that yeah. trope, but I didn't even really realize that until I'd published a few books and was like, oh, yeah, that's true. So I love to write characters that are, like, maybe were kind of, like, outcasts or misfits, and then they, like, have their little group, and they, like, come together, and that's, like, their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that usually shows up in all my books in some form, and also, and this one, and another thing I love is, like, the antihero so, like, I tend to always want to write a story where it's, like, usually the male character, in this one it was the male character, where it's, like, they are perceived as a villain mm-hmm. or as evil or Morally as terrible gay. or bad. And really there's there's some reason why 
they are the way they are. And if we just had a little like compassion and understanding, then Mm -hmm. we would, you know, sympathize. So that was definitely a motivator in this one. Yeah. We love a morally gray man with dark hair and broody. And birdie. And we've got that here. <laughs> Checking all the boxes. Yeah, definitely <laughs> checks all the boxes, that's for sure. In this book, like there's a lot of magical elements, and your main character is a seer. What drew you to write about that? This is a weird, like again, this is gonna sound like from what I've told you, like how I got the inspiration for this book, mm-hmm. it's gonna sound like I'm some like I don't know, but the I had the idea to write a seer because it's about the water. The water, the connection to the water came first, mm-hmm. which was kind of to do with the five elements thing like and then that was kind of tied to the nature and the you know the scenes that I wanted to mm-hmm. incorporate and then and the idea to like tie the water into like an intuitive kind of yeah into intuition I guess mm-hmm. came it was like this really weird story but I was swimming in a lake and I like opened my eyes underwater and I like did the whole thing where I like looked up and it was like bright and sunny and then I looked down and it was like dark and then that whole like theme of like her having her that dream. vision and I was like I was like ooh and it like just kind of like connected in my mind and like that was kind of why because it, it just felt like there was something like it just like felt like I was like there's something is trying to tell me something in this mm-hmm. in this moment it's so peaceful and and like, yeah, so I just kind of connected the dots there. It's really random, yeah. but it worked. No, I mean, in <laughs> astrology and stuff, like water signs uh, and specifically Pisces are tied to like being intuitive mm-hmm. and all that. And water is always tied to in- intuition. Yeah. So I just feel like it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it's like water is always about like letting things like progress, like mm-hmm. as they're meant to mm-hmm. and not like trying to be the like rock that's like, and then the water just like, like washes it away because it's like nothing nothing's more powerful than that you know and so yeah I think that was kind of what I tied it all in in that way and I love how the water elements like when she's dealing her cards Mm -hmm. each water element has a meaning Mm -hmm. and I thought that that was really clever and I loved how it kind of guides the whole story forward yeah I thought that was really cool that's cool someone was like I need the the full like deck Deck? yeah i I know (laughs) i was actually as i was reading it i was like i want to see these cards like i i enjoy tarot i'm not very good at it but i always like try to like learn and stuff so i just and the artwork is usually amazing yeah yeah maybe i'll have to do that (laughs) (laughs) just to kind of wrap it up because we're at about an hour and we don't want to take too much of your time so the first book came out in the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. But you've primed us for a sequel. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us anything about the sequel? Yeah, um, I'm keeping the the like male characters' identity a secret for now, okay. just for fun, just just to you know. Have we met him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I have an idea of who yeah. it might be, and it's going to be about Malika, as I mentioned in the like afterward note or whatever. Yep. And it's going to like I mentioned before too. We're gonna see like more of the kind of world, like that. Like there's more traveling to the other territories. Definitely, the circus is still gonna play a part, um, but also Malika has to like deal with the stuff she left behind in her homeland. So it's yeah, that's what, where where we're going with that. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm gonna once we stop recording, I'm gonna say who I think it is, and I'm really curious to know if I'm right. Well, she might not want to tell, tell you. Tell you. you <laughs> might not tell me. <laughs> Okay, well, at least at least the record will show that this is who I oh, thought. Okay, okay, fair, 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 fair. I do that sometimes. Like, you know when you ever have a feeling and you want, like, sometimes I'll have a feeling. 
And I'll tell Justin, like, just so you know, I had this thought so that if it comes true later, he knows, like, you I'm not say, lying. I told you so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so we can have that. All right. And then we'll like, find for out. For the record, no, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know, in a year, year and a half? I don't actually know yet. Like, I, ha- I need to um, have that meeting at okay. some point soon. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I'm writing another book right now. So I was like, once my editor is like time to work on the second book. I know that I'm going to be like crazy busy. So I've been like enjoying the time to just be working on the one book. So I haven't like been like pressing for the details, but yeah, I don't know. The book is actually written, but it's in a rough, it's in a rough draft form at the moment. So there's definitely like a few more rounds of editing to do. But it exists. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, at the same time, enjoy the success of your current book. Like you just, yeah, it just came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna like ride that. Yeah, ride Here, that wave. Readers are ravenous. <laughs> like we, I don't care if it took yeah. you a year and a half to write this book. I want the sequel. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I'm a slow reader, so it's it's a different. I am like, not. People are so nice though. Like, I'll, like readers will be like. I need the second book now, but then they'll be like, but don't worry, take your time. Yeah, like, sure. Value your mental health. Like, yeah, we want, we want the book to come out like how you want it, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, for sure. But I also need it. <laughs> Just so you know. Before we wrap up, is there anything you want to plug? Website, mailing list. Yeah, I have all the things. I have the website and the mailing list. I have a Patreon too. I'm actually a digital artist randomly well artist but digital art is my medium right now so I do like character art and stuff on my patreon oh my goodness that is a whole world that has recently opened up to me I love that (laughs) yeah and it's kind of fun having that because I like art but I was like I don't have like why I don't have time for this I need to write or whatever but having my patreon it's like well I have to do art now so like (laughs) you know it gives me a way to to like switch up divert my attention yeah and then I have like a newsletter Facebook group, everything. It's all on my website. It's probably the best way to find it. We will plug all of that in the episode description. <laughs> and the link to all of that is also in your Instagram bio. Yeah, I think I have the link to my website and to my Patreon. So yeah, Perfect. everything is there. And your handle is? Aurora.asher.author. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks Thank you so guys. much for yeah. coming. That was so fun. <laughs> I'm really happy that we were able to have a published author for the first time on our (laughs) podcast and that you're from the same well not from but it's become your your home so this has been really great so thank you so much for reading our dm and giving us a shot and yeah can't wait to see what's uh what's in store for you sweet thank you let's Let's get get to reading reading. (laughs) that's adorable